Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Vamanos, vamanos. Welcome to a special coronavirus edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We are in quarantine, and I think we're a little bit too close. We're supposed to be six feet. Six feet, man. Uh, so, but for the camera angle, we got to get a little closer <clears throat> to doing this. Um, I think everybody right now is... What's the word? Going crazy? <laughs> you got two yeah. little ones. Four and soon to be one. Yeah. And how's that going? And you might hear them during the show, by the way. <laughs> it's going well. I mean, it's tough when you ha- the four-year-old obviously has been in school for the past two years. So having him home has been a little chaotic. But um, <laughs> my wife does a pretty good job of trying to keep him entertained. And it's just tough because you're used to, like, all right, take him to art zone or yeah. take him to an indoor playground. And you can't do all those things. Or take him to the park. Like, nobody at the park. You know, and you don't want to be that one person that's yeah. out there. And then they're like, oh, well, look at this ir- irresponsible yeah. person. So it's just finding things here in the house. Uh, we built a, a little, I forget what it's called, for him to do art. One of those stands. So An easel? He, he has that? Easel, yeah, okay. yeah. And that it, lasts five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're just trying to uh, enjoy, I guess, time with them at the end of the day. You know, you're still... You're such a positive guy. It's going crazy. I mean, a bit, yeah. I think every parent is because everybody's like, "Oh, if I could just stay home with the kid, it'd be great." But then you realize, hey, well, maybe your kid's the bad kid at school. Well, <laughs> and the thing is, like, you're like, okay, well, maybe we pack up and go on vacation. You can't nope. even do that. Can't go yeah. anywhere. Or how about I'll go get a house at Palm Springs? Well, it's probably just as chaotic it's, there. It's just it's crazy and it's it's never seen anything like this in our in our lifetime no and you probably never will and it's just like it's not just affecting the united states but it's affecting the whole world and it's just you know you go to you can't go anywhere you go to the grocery shop and there's like nowhere nothing nothing. Nothing. i i you know going to whole foods yesterday too it was just one of those things where you're walking down the aisle and i don't know if it's the same for you but you're walking down the 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 frozen section and there's Nothing. nothing And it almost feels like you're in a movie. Like every time I go in there, because we've been looking for certain things to just kind of, we're not trying to hoard and people stop hoarding stuff. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ, we're not going to run out of food. Like, just stop it. Right? I mean. It was different because you get, uh, your wife is a vegan chef 
or nutritionists and everything else. So you don't have to rely on meat. You have different ways of doing different stuff. ways. Yeah. But even the stuff well, that now is running low. It's funny. A lot of that stuff, the, 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 the vegan stuff is what's still on the shelf. Sometimes a lot of stuff we use and Hey, we're cool with it. Let's yeah. go. I mean, but I, know, I went to La Venadita, uh, Carlos Muniz's uncle's the owner there in Carson. And one, the line was forever. And then the tortillas were gone. Gone. I'm like, yeah. what? We just found bread on? today. This is we haven't found bread yeah. like all week, and then we luck, luck of the draw. We went to Trader Joe's, went for a walk just to go get a coffee. Walked into Trader Joe's, boom, there's bread. So we grabbed some, and it wasn't even like we grabbed two, three. We just needed. We One. we literally we go shopping I once a week. Us, you're like, wow, I got bread. Yeah, we 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 go shopping once a week, so we're always you know our fridge is always. Yeah, full I, I like with, coming with, here with our yeah, food. I like, I, like, I like doing the podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just you almost feel like you're you're in a movie when you're walking around. A, every time I go to the to to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, and you're just walking around, you're like, is is somebody playing a joke on us? Right? Like it just feels like that. just the freeways driving around. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, weird. like like people are like saying like, oh yeah, I just went on the 405 to downtown and it took me 15 minutes yeah. where that commute usually is an hour and a half yeah on a good day Everybody's, on a good day yeah it's just crazy so we're here in southern california and that's what's going on so for this quarantine edition of the let's go ricky roll podcast we decided to take questions from people on social media because everybody tells you you know get off social media you're spending too much time on it too much time on it now it's the only way you can communicate mm-hmm. with your neighbor yeah because you can't see them but it's how you can communicate with everybody so we took some questions from everybody, and uh, you can see Ricky wearing his 101 cider That's right. hoodie right there, which I need to get one. Uh, today's flavor? Uh, it's still the Cactus Rosé, man. That's the, the most popular. The Cactus Rosé is out every episode. It's because it's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's where I like to get my, my fancy bouginess, because I can't go to brunch anymore yeah. and be a fancy Mexican. I got to get the Cactus Rosé. Get your out. probiotics in, man. No I hangover. Even, I don't even know what a probiotic is, but am I getting that? <laughs> That's right. All right, non-GMO, no sulfites, non-filtered, keto, keto, whatever you want to say, friendly, vegan, <laughs> pressed juice, 101 cider. I'll put the details on the on the show notes and check that out. This is really, really good, though, by the way. Yeah. Since I don't have any bread, because there's no bread anywhere. No bread. There's no tortillas anywhere. <laughs> All right, so I am enjoying that. Uh, if you guys got the stickers, you sent me the DM. Uh, they have been sent out. Appreciate it. The stamps are super expensive. Three stamps to go to Canada. I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off with the first, actually, it's a good friend. Oh, you get your own questions? Oh, a good friend of mine, oh. Kevin Pillar. You know, all-star Kevin Pillar? All-star. I don't know if he's made an all-star yet. He, he's an all-star to us. An all-star here, yeah. You know who he is? The pride of Cal State, Dominguez Hills, yeah. Go Toros, Kevin Pillar. Yeah. See, Division Two can get you the major league. As soon as I put the, hey, send your questions in, he says, when will you have your former teammate and friend on? <laughs> you know what kevin first of all thank you for listening thanks for watching um i'm gonna make the decision that you're not coming on the podcast um because we only have two microphones <laughs> yeah we gotta we gotta figure out this no no we gonna... no but we we do i told them we gotta get him on i mean for obviously sure. an incredible story i remember when he, when we were training at exos at the Whatever, whatever. Home Depot Center with Beckham? Yeah, Home Depot Center. That's what I like to call it, the Home Depot Center. Yeah. Um, and he came in with Aaron Sanchez at the time, and there were two young pups, and it was, you know, I was with, in the big leagues, and obviously there, it just happened to be that there were two guys in the Blue Jays organization, and I knew who Sanchez was because obviously— Oh, they weren't he, big leaguers yet? No, they weren't oh, big okay. leaguers yet. And 
obviously um, Pilar growing up and the valley in the valley and then playing at Dominguez Hills becoming one of the if not the best player to to ever come out of there oh, easy and uh, and then he's training with us and you saw the athleticism early on and then I got to play with him in AAA one year and my goodness for about a month span you talk to anybody from that team in Buffalo and this is when I was struggling a bit and he was on the way up he was probably one of the best hitters during like a span of like maybe a month or two where everything he hid was just completely Man. solid he's with the Giants now he is with the Red Sox. Oh, Red Sox? He went to the Giants, though, right? He went to the Giants from Toronto, which I'm sure was a... Big uh, Laker fan, right? Big Laker fan. Um, fan favorite in Toronto. He ended up, you know, obviously making it to the big leagues. And, and and I mean, the, the defense he played in center field was... He was flying. He was like Superman out it, there. That's what, it, that's what it, his nickname was. And uh, it was just cool to see that development from early on. You know, you saw him in, in short season. You heard of him. And low a and as the levels went up and then i played with them in triple a and it was like wow you, what round was he like a 30 or 20 late, late. late 20 yeah and it was just you know he was he's living proof that you know you if you put your mind to it he you you can make it to the big leagues and he did and and obviously now he's with the boston red sox and um you know i was just an easy guy to root for a good friend and I love him, and I miss him dearly, honestly. Like, you know, just, um, but still glad that we Okay, we'll, we'll get you in. So, the way it works. To, glad we get to share a friendship with Yeah, you. exactly. The way it works with the third guest, or fourth, it's, um, one, we only have two lavalier mics. So, we're going to get that, and we're recording this on my phone. So, eventually, we're going to start spreading it out. But to get everybody coordinated, try to get everybody's schedule with the record, all that, it's going to be hard. So, when Kevin comes to town... We will do a podcast with him because he's now asked to be on the show. So, friend of the show. Uh, and we'll go and record it just audio. There will be no YouTube for that. That mm -hmm. way he doesn't have to worry about where we have to set up or anything like that. Because if we do just an audio version, super easy. So, Kevin, uh, when the Red Sox come to town, I don't need tickets. Or you can do the mic and then and then have somebody record it or it wouldn't sound... It'd sound... just be easier. Remember how we've gone yeah, and yeah. it's like easier. Guys are more comfortable. We just do the Rick mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but his his story would be tremendous, oh, man. I, like just from the start to where he is now, and and plus, um, we don't want to leave our fantastic studio here. Yeah. Now, if Kevin's ever in the area where Ricky lives, which is you know behind the gates, uh, you are more than welcome to come in here and bring a jersey, Kevin Pilar. Yeah. Right here. Right. Right. I'd like here. a Toronto Blue Jay jersey signed by you. Let's yeah. Go. So, um, no pressure, Kevin Pilar. I want a Dominguez Hills jersey. You know what the coolest <laughs> thing was? Because he grew up a huge Dodger fan. Okay. Huge Dodger fan. So With when he. When when he got traded from Toronto to the to the Giants, he flew straight to LAX and then took a car to Dodger Stadium and that's where his first game no as way. a Giant was. Yeah, he went oh, straight to cool. the rivalry. Yeah, so That's cool. I remember texting him I was like, "Bro, I mean, could that's it the be, one thing you wish you could have done." Yeah, right? could it be scripted any better? I mean, obviously I'm sure he grew up hating the Giants, but now you're putting on that jersey, a little bit of like the same as me, you know? I put on that jersey in spring training and I'm sure it was a bit different for him, but obviously a fan favorite there, I heard, and everyone loved him, and Boston got a good one. When you're a pro athlete, it's like, hey, whoever's paying me, that's my job. Forget the... The rivalries are for fans, mm -hmm. right? When you sign with the Giants, how many of your friends were like, oh, Ricky, the Giants? Oh, I can never wear that jersey or that hat. Yeah, I'm okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, it doesn't matter. I like, can never, but if they yeah. give it to me, 
and there's a check, yeah. they're going to go quick, right? Uh, absolutely, Did yeah. your dad have a giant hat? He still wears it to this day. <laughs> and he's a Dodger fan, you know, was. But, your dad knows, yeah. he knows. All right, this one comes in uh, from our boy Favela uh, in Las Vegas. Ricky, coronavirus affecting people. If you were still playing, how would you work out? Uh, what do you think guys are doing? Well, I think I w- I, I, I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Obviously, I'm not playing. I have uh, some weights and stuff that you c- There's stuff you can do. You can, you know, I've owned kettlebells for a few years yeah. now. Okay. And I'm able to do different stuff with that now as a retired player. The throwing would get a little tricky because yeah. you got to find somebody... That can throw with you. That can throw with you and they make sure that, like, with all that stuff that's going on, like, what if they yeah. are carrying it or yeah. who they're hanging out with there's just so much stuff that kind of like yeah, who I, would you play catch with I, I don't know i mean if you were say you were in toronto and you're in florida would you stay there yeah i probably would because i know some guys are staying there and they're being okay. they're being watched so i think that that would be the smartest choice to be able to stay there or just probably talk to the team and say hey what's the best because i know like the new york yankees the big league guys stayed in tampa they yeah. all stay in tampa because they all want to continue to work out okay but, yeah, I'd probably stay somewhere where baseball is still 24-7 okay. just to keep me sane. <laughs> okay, because pitchers are the creatures of habit. Like, you guys need to know that on the fifth day you're going to pitch this, mm-hmm. you're going to do this. Like, in the, was it December when you guys start getting your bullpens in, you start yeah. throwing? But if it was right now where you're already gearing up for a season and you don't know when you're going to play again. That's the part that, that hurts, crazy. man. Just because you know the hard work that it takes just to get to spring training and then... They were about, what, three quarters of yeah, the way done? a couple weeks away from breaking, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you start smelling it, you start seeing it. There's a time in where spring training starts getting a little bit like, okay, like, I wanted to get the season going, and then, uh-huh. boom, this happens. It's just, it sucks for everyone Crazy. all around. It, and for those of you wondering about me, I ain't got no job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was, it hurts a lot of people, and that's, where, that's, that's what's sad, you know. It, 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 like, the small businesses... A freelancer like you, yeah. you know, that has a job here, a job there, and all I, that. I stuff. had nine employers last year, mm-hmm. so I'm Mr. 1099 as a freelance broadcaster reporter, and I was telling you how much I missed out on two weeks of work. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Well, I can't imagine it's going to be two, three months, and then in boxing, you can't just say, "All right, let's do a fight tomorrow." Yeah. Like baseball, if it, everything clears, all right, we can play it in two days. Yeah, fights gonna take a while. It, it, a while. it sucks, man, and and, and it, that's the thing. You turn on Crazy. TV and there's no there's sports. It, it's like the whole, literally the whole country, the whole world has kind of shut down, and everyone's just kind of staying home, which is the smartest thing. This to is do. why we're doing the podcast for you people. We're recording a bunch of them in one day. We're trying to spread them out, and uh, eventually, I think we're gonna have to. Um, do you even own a laptop? I do. Okay, we're, we might just end up skyping me. And we're you. Probably, the next episode. That's yeah. probably gonna happen pretty soon. We're yeah. gonna have to just let people go. Like, I before because you have two young kids and mm-hmm. I got kids too. And I'm like, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, do I have any sniffles? No. Okay, I'm good right now. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with my lungs today. All right, I'm yeah. good. Because it, it's crazy that you you even like if you cough, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa, is there something? Dude, but now when <laughs> you see somebody cough, don't you like? Oh yeah. Like right. Well, the other day I had a, uh, I was standing in line to pay for my groceries and <laughs> I had to cough, but it wasn't because I'm feeling sick. Yeah. I started getting just a tickle yeah. on my throat and I was like. Right, we're doing that, right? We're doing that. And I tried not to cough because I was like, I don't want anybody to look at me weird. And I just held it in, held it in, held it in. And as soon as I got in the car, I was like, oh, thank goodness. And then if you sneeze, oh, forget if you sneeze. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to see people wearing their gloves, 
like latex gloves yeah. pushing their carts or wearing a mask you're just like you know i'm eating healthy I, every time i go to wendy's the guy has his hands <laughs> with the gloves and i'm like all right cool. even when like you hand over your atm card you're like uh like, yeah i've always been a hand sanitizer guy i learned this from hockey players because hockey players are the worst they're so dirty because all the germs in their pads because it mm-hmm. lives on there and I always wondered like why do you guys have, always have sanitizer so like one guy told me like anytime you come into the hockey locker room always use hand sanitizer afterwards so i've always been that guy mm-hmm. i have a bunch so i'm ready i'm stockpiled but i'm running low now right yeah it, it, it's crazy so i don't know i'm gonna be doing the podcast because i have nothing else to do unless i can't afford to pay my phone pretty soon we'll <laughs> be there uh this one comes from uh levine live shots you know them out in yeah. uh, new hampshire who was your favorite coach in anywhere anywhere favorite coach and they got their stickers by the way <laughs> Levine no Levine that's right yeah yeah <clears throat> um, favorite coach shoot your dad well let's let's just go favorite pro ball coach All right, go manager for it. um I had a few I mean uh I'm trying to think um because you play for Cito right yeah that was your first manager. Cito, um, John Farrell, and a little bit of... Uh, a little John, bit of Boshi in, in spring training? John Gibbon. Uh, Bruce Bochi. I mean, yeah. I, he, and I only had him for spring, but he's a t- <laughs> he's Big just dome. a first-class individual. Size 8. He was pack. cool, but, you know, I can't really say I ever played with the, for him. I mean, it was just But he commanded briefly, the room? Pff, the yeah. best. Yeah. Hooky? Well, he wasn't a head coach. I mean, George Horton was probably Horton was up there. Yeah. At Fullerton. Yeah, at, at Fullerton. He was probably one yeah. of my favorites ever. Hey, this rosé is good. <laughs> Am I supposed to be drinking it this fast? You drink it as fast as you want. <laughs> Cactus pear, basil, hibiscus, lemon peel. I, right. if, if, if I had to tie them all together, obviously my dad would be at the top of the list. But if you exclude him, um, George Horton at Cal State Fullerton was probably one of my favorites. Okay. Just all... Just the baseball person all around, and um, I also had a coach in high A who was really really cool, and I enjoyed playing for him, Omar Malave. Okay. And he ended up being our first base coach in the big leagues in 2010, I believe. And he was awesome to play Why? for, just because he he was he 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 expected you to be a pro, and he just demanded be there on time, play hard, and that's it, and show respect and. I really That's basic, right? yeah, and I truly but guys enjoyed. Can't do that? I mean, not not some of them, you know. And he was just, you know, just you could tell he just let you go out. He let you go out there and do your thing. And 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 to this day, anytime we see each other, we still have a good relationship. So he was he was cool to play for. This one comes from Fernando in Torrance. Ricky always talks about the Niners. I've seen the Niner table. Does he have any other Niner gear? A Niners helmet. Am right. Yeah. <laughs> Niners carpet. Right, get the Niners sarape going. Uh, ni- Niners sarape. Which you I with bought. your wife has one too, right? No, she, that one's it. <laughs> we bought it outside the Rams uh, Niner game here in LA, the Coliseum. That the guy was selling hot dogs and he was wearing it, and I was like, "Bro, how much would you sell me your sarape for?" He's like, "I actually have an extra one here. How much? How much? Uh, how, I was like, "How much do you want for it?" And I think it was like twenty, twenty-five bucks. I was like. I'd give him 50. Here you go. (laughs) You know, and uh, I have a Joe Montana signed helmet too. Uh, Dwight Clark, little mini helmet. Um, Why the Niners? 
I grew up a Steve Young fan. Okay. Jerry Rice. I left think those were, Yeah, those. When I met, I I actually got to meet him once in uh, Oakland. Steve Young. Yeah, and he oh. was one of the coolest, coolest athletes. You know, I've he's ever a lawyer. Been. Is he? Yeah, he went to BYU. BYU. He got, yeah. He got his law degree. Honestly. In not very many guys I get starstruck with. And with him, I told him, I was like, man, I don't even know what to say to you just because I'm so starstruck by you. And he's like, come on, man. And he sat down with me in the dugout in Oakland at the Coliseum. And we sat there and chatted for about 10, 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. What was he doing? He's good friends with Kevin Millar. Oh, okay. And Kevin brought him in. He actually walked into our clubhouse, like, talking shit to everyone. Like, he walked Steve in. Young? Yeah, he's like... Oh man, you guys are in the training room getting a rub. Try playing with broken fingers and broken this. And he's like, "Man, you guys are soft." That's what he walked in. That's how you announced the. That's cool. Would you say it was oh, pretty funny? I was like, "Tell me, you were the one getting well, the no, he, he was in the training room, and I just, you know, obviously followed, and I heard him say, "Like, man, you guys are soft. Like, you guys are getting massages." I tell Millar, like, we were playing with broken fingers and this and that, and I was like, "Well, Ronnie Lott cut off his pinky." Yeah, exactly. So, so did you talk to him for like 10 minutes? Yeah, 10, 15 minutes. I have a picture with him and um, it was cool, man. It was like, it made my like gear just meeting him. and um, You're a pro athlete telling him, I'm nervous talking yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. That's not your style. No, not my style, but it was Steve Young and it was a guy I grew up watching and that's where kind of my love for the Niners started. And Just you two talking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're in the dugout Damn. just um, um, shooting the shit and... It was awesome, man. Like it was, it was cool. Just because he was such a cool human being, I didn't realize how big of a guy and how thick he, yeah. he is in he's person. Tall, but he's thick. And his hands were just like, you know, like you could just tell, like the way he probably gripped the football was just yeah. an easy thing to do. My hands are small, so. Um, what did he tell you though? Man, I don't even. We were just talking. Yeah, I think he was asking me baseball questions. Oh, he's asking it, you questions. And I was asking him obviously about the Niner <laughs> days and. It was Ricky Henderson Day that day, so it was like, you know, it was a pretty cool thing just to be, you know, you get a little bit of Steve Young and you get some Ricky Henderson. Oh, hey, you know? Today I'm the greatest. Yeah. So. Ricky. So um, cool. that was cool. Um, and you got a picture of that day. Mm-hmm. I have a picture with him, and I told him obviously that I was a diehard, and I mean, shoot, that was the last time. The last time he was a quarterback is the last time I saw them win a Super Bowl, and obviously they've had two goes at it these past few years, and. Uh, nothing to show for it. But. Isn't uh, Romo, uh, Sergio Romo, a Niner, big Niner fan too? I don't. I, I'm not. I he was. Oh, because he played in San Francisco, mm-hmm. so probably that connection. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. ain't like you. Nah, man. You don't I'm have not, to sit up here. Like I'm. Sundays it's like dedicated to yeah. Niner football, and I I love it. I I just I live for it. It's cool. I mean, we we have we talk a lot of shit to each other in our group chat about the Niners and the Raiders and and uh, and yeah and and. It's cool, man. Like I said, it's it's all in cool. fun and but no, watching but, them uh, losing. Have that moment with Steve. Young. <clears throat> watching them losing the Super Bowl this year was painful. You I know? didn't say it. <laughs> it was tough, but I didn't say you know My brother's a we're, fan too. So. We're over it. Uh, on to because there's like a, a generation, especially kids from LA. I know some people were like, "Well, how can you be a Dodger fan and a Niner fan?" Because they would the Niners would play Monday Night Football, and if you're a young kid, like you were probably in mm-hmm. elementary, they'd always beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. And they were going to the Super Bowl. Were the Rams here, though? I don't even... Yeah, when you are in elementary? Yeah. Well, I didn't... I, middle they, school is when I started getting into football, into the 49ers. Oh, yeah. There was no... When you were in middle school, there was no team No in team, LA. yeah. I don't think Because they left any... when I was in ninth grade. So yeah, so when, no. Yeah, so you... That's were, why I was like, there's nobody, nobody to root for. Yeah, it's, 
I sure as hell I'm not rooting for the Raiders. Oh my Even God. though that's the stereotypical when people look at me. You're from East LA. You're supposed to be a Raider fan. <laughs> exactly. You a- you are the Niner fan. Rosal's the Rams fan. And then everybody else is Raider fan. Yeah. Which Felipe yeah. Sparks fan? <laughs> you got the Raiders. Yeah. So, but no, I've never uh, despised the team like the Raiders and, you've been and the Cowboys. Game? Did you ever go to Candlestick? I did. Did you? Yeah. I wow. did. I, I actually was there when they... Uh, I went there... They played the Chargers one time. This is when they were bad during those times. And Ladanian Tomlinson scored like four touchdowns that day against them. And and then I was there for... Uh, what a dump. <laughs> You've seen some great stadiums. Oakland and the Candlestick. It was, yeah, it was a dump of a stadium. But, there but there's was, a mystique there was, right Oh, there. my yeah. goodness. Like, I miss it now, man. Like, I've been to the new one here in Santa Clara. But it's like, yeah. wow. There's, there was Perfect. something about Candlestick. We went to uh, I, I went to the to the playoff game where they lost to Eli Manning and Victor Cruz, the, oh, the okay. Giants. The the, the, the yeah. year that the Giants beat the Patriots. the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and that was supposed to be the, the year the Niners got it Man. done, you know. And and um, Kyle Williams had those uh, muff punts, and yeah. and, uh, and and you know that's what I, you I mean, a lot dad, of people remember from that his game. He's an executive, right? Or was. For, for the White Kenny Sox. Williams, yeah, yeah, he was. But those, those were the, that was the game that I was there, and oh man, that was like the most painful game ever to be a part of because it was raining the whole time, misty, and it was like an up and down game. It was I remember cool. Candlestick when the Dodgers used to play on Channel Eleven. All right, they'd always play Ken, uh, the Giants, mm-hmm. and it would be like the middle of summer here. And it just would be cold. Yeah. Like Vince Scully. It, it sat by the water. It was by the Vince water. Vince Scully would be describing the game. And, oh, the seagulls are out. And then everybody's cold. And everybody's bundled up. Mm-hmm. The last game I went to there, though, was in the playoff game. Carr and I took a trip there. And we went to uh, the Niners-Seattle Seahawks game when both teams were good. And the Niners ended up winning. But Carl was like, holy shit. Like, this place is a shit <laughs> Terrible. Just because going to the bathroom was a pain in the yeah. ass. You know, they had a porter potty. So it wasn't like yeah. you had to wait in line for a porter potty. Was, yeah, was, I never went to a game there. What I did is uh, I was working a fight in Salinas. And I took the kids to San Francisco. That was the first time Michaela and my daughter went on a plane. And I went a day early. And we went to San Francisco, spent the night there. And because we flew into San Francisco airport, I was like, wait a minute candlestick and they had already started the construction i took the kids i'm like look get a little like mattel was mm-hmm. like nine ten mm-hmm. you're gonna get outside and you're taking a picture and they still had the sign that said candlestick yeah and like most of the stadium had been knocked down except the right field bleachers mm-hmm. so i i went and saw a candlestick and then like two months later gone, gone. just yeah. gone i'm like so like, i guess it, i went there it was like, loud man it was just so packed in for football and it was like super loud and you can almost hear the rumble yeah. whenever the Niners did something good. And, like, that playoff game, it was just like boom, 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 boom. And then they lost, and it was like. Remember for baseball, these things had the chain link fence? Mm-hmm. They had the chain link yeah. fence out there. So yeah. I'm like, wait, oh, this yeah, is where. Was... I was telling the kids, I'm like, this is the 89 World Series. There's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And they played the Giants. Uh, they're like, whatever. But yeah. yeah I'm like, you, at least they could say, we went to Kansas State. Yeah. Because all these new stadiums, they look sterile. <laughs> they are, like. San, did you ever play in San Diego? Petco. Oh my god, what a terrible! I, I understand why the Chargers At, didn't want to be there. Atmosphere-wise, but At, the stadium is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Petco. At Pet? No, no, no. Oh, you didn't play Jack Murphy? No, I'm not oh. that old, man. Well, I don't know, man. You might have the <laughs> Jack Murphy, or not even Jack Murphy. What's it called? Qualcomm. Qualcomm. I call it Jack Murphy. Too. I went to the well, fo- plenty of football games. Yeah, yeah, but in that locker room covering Charger games down there, you'd walk in and you're like. 
this is the NFL? No. Like, the carpet, four different no, colors. I mean, it's the same as going to the Coliseum yeah, in Oakland. Oakland Coliseum, the first time I went in there, I'm like, yeah. you guys are in the major leagues? But believe it or not, Oakland has some of the nicest playing surfaces. Mm-hmm. They keep it that, that baseball field, in, minus having the infield during football season. Yeah. You know, you, but when it's like baseball season, not football season yet, the grass is nice. The the mound is maybe it's because I always did good there. <laughs> <laughs> but I always liked pitching there, and the, you, their their grass was always nicely cut. Plus, not they have that, like eight thousand yards of a uh, foul ball. Territory. I'm just saying for for a shithole of a stadium yeah. as it is on the outside, it's still fans love it. It's like the the Oakland way, you know. They like they're loud. You hear them. You hear the heckling. Yeah. I went but, to a game working. I want to go as a fan and just sit in right field with those guys with the drums. Oh, they're that. crazy, they're man. Crazy, They'll right? make you cry. <laughs> it, it just look. They remind me of like a major league. Like mm-hmm. oh, too high, mm-hmm. too high. Those mm-hmm. guys, fans getting out there. It's some interesting, man. Some of these like that's the thing. Like the the new SoFi Stadium where the Rams and Chargers are gonna play. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be fantastic. All the amenities. Like, I've been to Cowboy State. It's fantastic. But there's something about those old, dumpy stadiums. Mm-hmm. They're great to see once. Mm-hmm. But if you're a player, you're like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, hanging your clothes on wire hangers. I just... Fenway Park, man. Fenway's like that? I mean, it's tiny. The clubhouse oh, yeah, is I've tiny. I've been visiting one, yeah. Everyone... There's like a... There's a pillar in the clubhouse. Yeah. At Fenway, right? Like more than one, I think. There, there it's are, right? cool and everything, but godly. You can't get dressed. Shit. Especially when there's a 40-man get called up. Forget that. Yeah. Hmm. All right, let's go. This one. Uh, Little Jay, uh, Coach Fragoso. He actually grew up in Inglewood. He coaches at Kennedy High in Delano, which uh, I'm an XL. Ricky's an XL. Thanks for the baseball shirt you're going to send us. Um, he doesn't know that by the time. He's going <laughs> to send us that. Uh, he coaches football and baseball there. He's like, Ricky, for my guys, I'm coaching baseball. What's the best advice do you have for them? Adjusting from high school to college baseball. High school to college. Oh, man. It was definitely a culture shock going from Roosevelt High School. 98% Latino. Latino. To going to Orange County, Cal State Fullerton. Now you're around a more diverse culture. It was eye-opening. Like It was definitely like... I was a deer in headlights, but I said, okay, I'm here. I wouldn't say I had dreams about moments like this because I didn't know if it was possible. But when the opportunity presented itself, I said, it's time to grab the bull by the horns and let's go. And now you're sharing a baseball field with some of the top players in the country. And that's another eye opener. You're just there and you're like, okay. Like, this is my competition. This is the guys I got to try and beat out for a job. And and even though at the time they already had their, their guys, you still have to go in there and, and prove yourself. Because yeah. I came in as the guy who had all these strikeouts in high school, who was, you know, somewhat of a high recruit, even though there was another tier of, of recruits who were a little bit higher than me. Like first round picks and stuff like that. Or there were, we had high, high picks. Or high high recruits. They were okay. just like high, like, you know, five star you label, whatever, okay, whatever, okay. whatever. So there was about three or four guys above me. And then it was like me, Justin Turner, uh, Blake Davis, and Danny Dorn. And those are the four guys that kind of, we all became roommates. And, <clears throat> and we kind of just, I think we came in with that blue collar type mentality and said, okay, 
we gotta we're gonna be the ones that carry this program at one point and and it was That's i enjoyed it. One, wasn't it once i got there it was like a bit intimidating and then once I got on that mound where it was my comfort zone, I said, okay, it's up to me. And, and that's where I took it upon myself to kind of make a name for myself. And obviously, you went from like living at home, like your mom doing everything because you're Mexican uh-huh. kid. And that's, that's what we do. My mom still does everything for me at 41. So mom, she ain't watching. She don't have, <laughs> she don't have a phone. Uh, but the culture shock of knowing how to fend for yourself. Well, the first semester I actually drove back and forth. Oh, okay. Because baseball season hadn't started yet. And I was like, okay like this is cool but it's not cool after i'm done with with practice it was not crazy practice yet but i'm done with practice and i'm sitting on traffic for two hours to get back home because we're still living in east la and i was driving back from orange county so oh, you went up to five the night yeah forget yeah that. and i was like this is this is terrible and then back then the rules were a little di- bit different where you know all of january we'd spend most of the day practicing and I said, I told my mom and dad, I was like, hey, the three other guys were doing the same thing. We're all going to get a, a room the second semester because baseball season starts now. I need to stay closer to keep up with studies and, be yeah. able to, you know, whatever. And we ended up doing that. And it was like, it was a bit different, but it's still any chance. Mondays were our days off after Sunday games. So Mondays I would come home, do my laundry. My mom would have a, a few bags of groceries ready for me. So and how many, how many tortillas were you taking? A lot. Back? <laughs> Mexican, That's like JT loves the Mexicans. Yeah, right? he was yeah. So, on the tortillas. so I was, um, I was lucky enough. That's what. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to stay home. Um, it was thirty minutes away. I still get got to be performing in front of my family and be playing for, at that time, the best college program there yeah. was. I mean, there's no. If you look at, you know, where we were ranked every year that I was there, we were either one or we were in the top five. Damn. You know, and and it was it was the program to be in. That's something people don't understand. It's like when you like I didn't go away to college. I went to junior college, but I'd go visit all my friends. I, I you know, I took class at <clears> USC, <throat> UCLA, Santa Barbara. I'd hang out with all my friends, San Diego State, mm-hmm. USD. I was instead of going to my classes at El Camino, I was hanging out at the universities. Mm-hmm. But you see the the growth in people, and I, I know your wife has said this, mm-hmm. where she recommends people go away to college, yeah, and just because you're forced to grow well, up. And she was like. She's 15, different. 14 when she started living on her own in Vancouver yeah. to, to play for the national team. Team Canada, which Cara is so, going to be on the podcast eventually, Cara. So then, and she came from Vancouver from the national team or Toronto to UCLA, but she already had the experience of being on her, on her own. own and knowing what to do. So she felt, she feels like when she got here, it was like, okay, like this ain't any different, you know, minus the... She couldn't drink till she was 21 because probably, in Canada it's a little bit different. Drink, 19. Yeah, you, you drink your Crown Royal at 19. <laughs> Get your Molson's. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was in all it was a great experience. Like I said, it was like one of those things where the opportunity presented itself and I had to take advantage of it. And when you talk to high school kids and like they ask you like, "Hey, where should I go to school?" What do you think is the best thing for a kid to look at when they're getting recruited? Wherever you feel comfortable and wherever you're going to have the best opportunity to succeed, it has to fit you. And Because when you I want, get recruited, everybody's amazing, I right? wanted to go to USC. I wanted to go to USC, and I remember we took a recruiting trip there. And I think I've said this in past podcasts, but the head coach there was a... I mean, they... I mean... We're not going to say any names, but... I mean, I, I'm it, sure it was people 2001. Can, yeah, people can out. figure it out. And he was just... Such an ass to me, and yeah, no, and the guy that actually was recruiting me was Andy Nieto, 
at the time he was a, the the assistant coach slash recruiting coordinator, and he was at my house a He's lot. He's coaching in high school. I think he coached at Damian High. Is he? And and yeah, man. I mean, they they were and I SC SC SC. I took a like a walking recruiting trip. I didn't say overnight or anything, but that's where Andy showed me everything. And then we sat down for lunch, and the head coach did not say one word to me, which told me like, all right, maybe this guy does not want me here. Um, maybe. He thinks my numbers are a fluke, uh-huh. you know, and Andy has probably been hyping me up too much that he's probably over it. I don't know. So then, I still wanted to go there, and then despite uh, that, you still this, wanted to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So then my dad's like, Cal State Fullerton called. We should take a trip there. I literally was in tears on the way there down the down the five, and I was like, Dad, I can't believe you're not like I want to go to USC. I already told you I don't want to go anywhere else. He's like. Trust me. Let's just go see what they have to say. I walked in, meet meet uh, Coach Horton, meet Dave Serrano, and I was like, boom, right there and then. I was like, this is where I want to go. Damn. And if I have advice for kids that have choices, go to all of them. Use them to your advantage. Don't get stuck on one and say, oh, yeah, this was. No, I mean, because something about Cal State Fullerton, just talking to the coaches, talking to Dave Serrano at the time there. Uh, Rick Vanderhoek was the hitting coach there. Talking to all three of them and the way they presented themselves, I was like, hmm, this is for me. Really? This is me. This is me. This is more me, blue collar. We're going to come here. We're going to get That's better. Cool. We're going to work. Not that USC wasn't doing the same thing. But, but if they're not. But it was just, it just felt different. And it's just something your intuition takes over and you're just like, all right, this is, this is for me. And, and there was, I mean, there's a funny story behind Fullerton. I'm, I've told it a million times about my dad working in the sewing yeah. machine industry and then we took a trip there on on my day off of school and then driving through cal state fullerton and then seeing the baseball field going into the baseball field getting kicked out because i couldn't be in there and my dad saying hey one day you're going to step on that mound yeah. and be pitching there and it came true and i think that's why he had this vision and um in cal state fullerton it was best decision of my life i don't regret it one bit you don't have a fullerton anything in your house my mom has it's all so, your stuff so when when before I bought this house, I was I, my mom had most of my memorabilia. So my USA jersey and my Cal State Fullerton oh, yeah, jersey, yeah. yeah, my USA jersey and my Cal State Fullerton jersey hang in her in her oh, office okay. at home. So and I said I'm not gonna take that away from her. Then we know? gotta go do a podcast at the it, yeah, the yeah, let's do it. We're gonna yeah, go, yeah we're it's gonna cool because she has a lot of stuff. Like she has uh, those jerseys, and then um, I was uh, at the time sponsored by a company, and they did a cool painting of me. And then this fan drew this like art of me like with pencil. Oh, okay. she has it hanging oh, there. Oh, that's that was a fan who did that. I've seen that. At yeah, house. yeah. And then wow, uh, she's got a few of my cards that she collected over time. I'll, obviously, uh, some yeah, crazy some crazy trip. fans still send me mail to the house, which I think is not cool. <laughs> send it to me, Bethel Vision. I will autograph everything for you. <laughs> But, um, yeah, she has a lot of cool stuff, and, and I said, I'm not taking away those jerseys from That's her, you cool, know, because she's proud of her son, and maybe one day I'll trade her for, <laughs> I'll tra- I'll trade her for one, you know. For she's one. not going to trade. She's, your mom's <laughs> a hard negotiator. Yeah. No, you're going to lose on that trade. You're so, going to end up giving to Derek Jeter and, and Halliday for yeah. your own Romero jersey. Yeah. No, but it was cool. Like I said, it was at the end of the day, Kelsey Fullerton was a cool decision or an awesome decision for me. We were national champs in 04. You can't beat that. and Change your life. Change my life forever, man. Change your life. So there you go, little little Q and A 
Quarantine edition. I got one more. Oh, you got one? Yeah, you got yeah, one yeah, on yeah. your phone? There, there, somebody actually sent me one. Besides uh, Kevin Pillar? Yeah, it was it's, uh, Scott uh, underscore LMC. Uh-huh. Um, he said, best slash most memorable experience in the big leagues. Ooh. Um, yeah. There's actually, I mean, there's a few. You know, I, I mean, and I, I won't completely get into them, but obviously making the team in 09, the debut making my debut uh starting opening day two years in a row for the toronto blue jays was awesome and number three the all-star game you know being part of the 2011 all-star game walking into a clubhouse surrounded by legends doesn't get any better than that and meeting steve young and meeting steve young and that's right steve young that's pretty <laughs> cool uh another edition of the let's go ricky roll podcast make sure you guys rate review share let people know that we're doing this on the podcast and also on youtube Especially during quarantine season where you can't go anywhere. So put him up. I saw Efren Navarro, uh, who's going to play with Toros de Tijuana. He had it up. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. And he wants Once, to be on the podcast. Yeah, we need to, man. His story is incredible, Oh, my too. goodness. I yeah. love it. He's he's one of a kind. And Once we can get around people, we're going to start taking that, some That guy is Dude, I had, major inspiration. I had people ready to like be here with lighting. I had a video guy ready to go. I have a, I have, I have a crew, believe it or not. Once we got stickers... We got a crew, right? I got a crew, but I can't bring them to your house. It's uh, let alone the fact that I'm even here right now. But I'm good. I didn't cough this morning. I have no lungs in the problem. Neither did I. Good. And I actually went to the doctor, so I'm good for now. So uh, make sure you go 101 cider, check it out, and then go to Baby Huey in Toronto. They're our boy Nolan yeah, Hurden, probably. But he's probably at the gym working out. So we're all right. Or getting a haircut. Getting a haircut. Thank you guys. Ricky Row two four Bethel Vision. Thank you guys. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Row podcast.